I just finished the book A Fate Inked in Blood, which is like this Norse-inspired fantasy romance novel that had some of the hottest spicy scenes that I've read in a, in a minute. And I'm currently in between books. So if you are like me and you're looking for another fantasy world to devour, Dipsy has got you covered. You can dive into spicy enemies to lovers tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your long morning walk, late night or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods. So if you're into Norse gods, you could switch to Greek gods, which could be fun. (laughs) Regency era historical fiction and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash just break up. Dipsystories.com slash just break up. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Sadness is in the house! Oh no! Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who is trying to get their partner to communicate more. But Mm. before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. Mm Mm-mm. We are not professionals. We are not trained in this. We're just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right. This uh, episode's check-in topic is inspired by a letter writer who uh, they pronounce or she, her, their name is Listening Ear, and they're writing to us from It's Not About Me USA, which I think is such a great, (laughs) man, I got to visit that place. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So they write, I'm in a happy partnership with the most wonderful person, but right now he's going through a lot of changes, work stress, burnout, job hunting, and general life stress. I'm so grateful to be there to support him, but I've also been feeling a little low and a little lonely myself because we just just don't have as much fun together anymore, plus less sex, and just generally things are a little bit more blah. Any tips for how to take good care of yourself and fill your own cup when your partner is going through a tough time that you know? is temporary. I thought this was such a great question. Um, So summarizing, how do we take care of ourselves when our 
maybe our traditional support system can't be there um, the way that they normally can. Um, And also, you know, for me, somebody whose cup is often filled by other people, like how do we practice that motion of self-soothing, self-love, self-affirmation when when the cup bearer... (laughs) (laughs) The cup filler upper. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I've been, you know... Listening to Game of Thrones on audiobook <laughs> yeah, again, I know. and I was, it's like the you cup said bearer. cupbearer, and I immediately pictured Arya Stark <laughs> yes. filling the cup of Tywin Lannister. <laughs> exactly. Okay, which doesn't happen in the books, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, so getting to the question, um, yeah, I think the first thing that I would note that you actually said in your letter that I am saying to myself now in my life to you know, put some perspective on my emotions is this is so temporary. I'm not going to feel this way in, in a month, in three months, I might be mm-hmm. still struggling with whatever the the season is or the circumstances, but in a month, I'm going to have a month's worth of perspective and practice on dealing with this. Or I'm, mm. you know, you don't know what your boyfriend is going to go through in three months and wh- how that's going to change his behavior or his ability to show up. So, It sounds a little silly, um, but just remembering that this is temporary. And, you know, another thing I tell myself is like, I am allowed to go through seasons of change and struggle and I can have bad moods too. So I'm going to, I'm going to extend that permission to my partner that they don't Mm. have to be perfect for me all the time. They don't Mm. have to be able to fill my cup all the time because I can't fill theirs all the time. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. And I think it's uh, really hard to be in this situation that you're currently in. Um, and uh, it can feel really lonely, right? And I think that yeah. that's something that I have experienced um, as Peter and I have been through a lot of different things over the course of the last few yes. years. Um, and what I, you know, I think that when I was thinking about relationships and going through hard times, I was like, okay, I, I can sort of understand that it's going to be hard and we're going to have to take care of each other and like all of that. But I don't think I anticipated the loneliness that comes when mm. your partner is really hurting and you're like, I kind of want to like go out and do something, <laughs> right? Yeah, like that. Or <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to help or I want you to comfort me, you know, like it's, it's uh-huh. very isolating. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's just like, uh, that person that you, love and love to spend time with because obviously you're in a relationship with them isn't available to you in the same way. Mm -hmm. And like, that's really, that's really sad and lonely. So I, I feel that I feel that isolation and I feel that, that loneliness that you are feeling. Um, and one of the things that is helpful for me is just to remember that like doing the, of course, for yourself, right. Of course Mm -hmm. you're feeling lonely, right. Even though your partner is there physically, he may not be there emotionally or spiritually in the same way. So you kind of are on your own right now. And that's a, that's a sad and hard place to be. Um, and then also saying like, it's not your job to be there for him 100% of the time. And it's not your job to exist in this relationship just to make him feel better. Right. Mm. And I have to remind myself of that because as a person who was told for a very long time that it was my job to make everyone around me feel better, (laughs) like it is really hard for me to be in relationship with someone and see them struggling because it's like, oh, my job is to take that pain away. Um, Mm. So just a reminder that that's not actually your job. Your job is to be there and to support and to love, but your job's not to make him feel better. And 
you also get to live your life even though he's hurting, which is also really hard to to handle, especially when we've been mm. told that if other people are around us are suffering, we should be suffering too. So what are the things that you are doing outside of this relationship to have fun, to celebrate the things that you want to celebrate, to you know, talk about that series that you're watching that you really mm. want to share about, right? Like those things that may not be super available to you because your partner isn't in a place to like hear and respond and engage in that. Like, are there other places where you can do that with your family, with friends, with coworkers? So that recognizing that, of course, it's not going to feel the same as being filled up by your partner, but right. that there are other places where you can get some of that desire for validation, for conversation, for you know, fun and lightness, even as things at home with your partner might be a little bit more weighty than they are normally. Yeah. yeah. And I love the the piece that you said about just giving yourself permission to, to continue your life. And I don't mean that insensitively, but I think yeah. we, like you said, we've been taught to tiptoe around um, somebody who's hurting, but like, that's not serving them either. You know, yep. um, you, you, I think you handled it really well um, when in his grief, you know, your partner was feeling a little bit more reclusive and you would always sort of check in and say like, me and so-and-so are going to happy hour. Do mm-hmm. you want to come? It, and if he says no, then that's totally okay. Yep. And I'm still going to go because I have this relationship to foster and I want to leave the house or whatever. But yeah, I would also ask to if you would prefer if I would stay home too, right? Like, yes, would it be uh, yes, helpful exactly. for you if I stayed instead of going? And sometimes the answer, that's not true. The answer was never yes. Peter is like a very reclusive sad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like yeah. just sort of asking those questions and and acknowledging, right? Like not not trying to shy away from the fact that, you, that your partner is struggling, right? And acknowledging yes. that and saying like, it's okay if you don't want to go out and it's okay if you want me to stay in, right? Like, I want to be helpful. And also I know that like, I, me being helpful can also just be me like living my life and letting you do what you need to do in this moment of stress and, and hardship, right? Yes, I totally agree. Okay, well, my darling letter writer, we hope that this helps and gives all of our listeners an opportunity to reflect and take care of themselves a little bit better. For sure. Hey friends, did you know that most Americans think that they spend about $62 per month on subscriptions? But get this, the real number is actually closer to $300. That's literally thousands of dollars a year, half of which we've probably forgotten about. Thankfully, there's Rocket Money, and Rocket Money finds subscriptions that you forget about, and they can help you cancel the ones that you don't want anymore. I did like a mental tally before we started recording of like how many subs- how much money I actually pay on subscriptions every month, and I would have told you like, I don't know, 50 bucks, and after like... 30 seconds, it was like into the hundreds. So it's really great that Rocket Money exists to help you manage those unwanted subscriptions. That's right. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps you find and cancel your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it within a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me the monthly spending as compared to last month so I can drag myself you know once a month 
Uh, and I can clearly see all of my spending habits. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Let's dive into today's letter. Let's do it. All right. Our letter comes from Feeling Stuck, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing from the USA. Hi, Just Break Up team. I have been listening to JBU since 2020, and I am so thankful for you too. Your advice has single-handedly made me a better, more self-aware, and more reflective person. I'm writing in the hopes that you, with your infinite wisdom, I love that, my infinite <laughs> wisdom, can help me figure out a solution to what currently feels like an insurmountable problem with my partner. I, 25, she, her, have been dating my partner, Jack, 25, he, him, for almost two years now, monogamously. We have lived together for around six months now. Most of our relationship has been great. We have had so much fun together, and our relationship has been packed with love, support, and adventure. Even so, we've had a lot of difficulties with communication. My partner frequently goes through phases where he will not talk to me much, will give me clipped responses when I try to start conversations with him, and will generally seem to give me a bit of a cold shoulder. These seem to be a default state that he does not consciously engage in or even realize he's doing sometimes. As someone who can be an overthinker, this often makes me think that he is mad at me or not feeling well, something along Mm. those lines. Questions as to how he is feeling often result in a clipped fine or tired, which honestly make me spiral because he's so nonspecific. However, despite many, many conversations about asking him to communicate with me, even just to say that he's fine in a more expansive way, he simply will not do so. He says it's because he doesn't have anything else to say other than that he's fine. He isn't thinking about anything. He isn't feeling anything in particular. I have also asked if he will tell me when he doesn't feel like talking or needs alone time so I don't have to overthink it, but he hasn't done so. Hmm. After heavy discussion with him on this topic and reading some Gottman Institute information, Jack has decided that this is a core incompatibility we will just have to deal with. He says that he is simply less communicative and I am more communicative and that he can't change the way that he is. I think that this is a solvable problem because I'm not asking him to change who he is just to tell me what he's feeling and thinking a little more often, but I don't know how to convince him to do so if he doesn't feel it's something that he can consciously change. Do you have any suggestions for how to navigate this sort of conflict? Is there a core compatibility where I will have to decide whether or not I can live with it? If he never becomes more communicative, it will be hard for me to continue this relationship. However, I love him and would hate to end our life together over something that feels like such a simple fix to me. Any help you would have would be so appreciated. Thank you for all that you do. Oh, my darling, thank you so much for writing and trusting us with this letter and for listening to the podcast. Um, I... I appreciate this letter. I think this would be a very challenging um, circumstance for me because I'm a chronic overtalker and won't <laughs> shut the fuck up. Um, and also because 
you know, of my attachment um, and my ex- my lived experience, silence will always feel dangerous to me, right? Sure. Withheld, quote unquote, withheld thoughts or silence um, or, or anti-communication, right, as I perceive it to be, will always feel dangerous. It will... You know, I I thought it was interesting that the letter writer used the phrase cold shoulder, but she was sort of implying, you know, it's it's not like a it's not like an abusive cold shoulder used to manipulate or, you know, to establish dominance, Um, but like an accidental cold shoulder, you know, just like (laughs) his his natural, you know, is it being is it a cold shoulder or is it just like his natural quietness you know right um but for me in an intimate relationship i'm not sure if me and my anxiety could determine the difference between the two um Mm. because i would always think well there's something there that hasn't been you know unearthed and needs to be processed or i need to make something right like sitting in the easy silence of my partnership now has taken a lot of time and trust, you know, to, to get used to that sort of dynamic. Um, however, that being said, I, I see this as an incompatibility, not as like a, a terminal incompatibility, but I see this as something that you might be able to gain different perspective on, be able to approach differently. Or at the end of the day, if he's not communicating in a way that makes you feel fulfilled, then maybe, maybe this is an incompatibility that will end this relationship and that would be okay too, you know? For sure. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing for me is to do some like self-reflective work in this moment, right? Because like what he's telling you is when I say I'm fine, I'm fine, (laughs) right? And you are not believing that to be true, right? Even though that's like the experience, like that is the truth, his own truth that he is telling you. And you're saying, I don't believe that. And my question for you is like, why don't you believe that? Like, where is that coming from? Where is that fear, that anxiety manifesting for you? Where did you learn that when somebody says I'm fine or I'm tired, they're not actually fine or tired ooh, or ooh, they are mad at you? <laughs> yeah, right. Like I could, I could give you some Pick very <laughs> specific examples from my life, but I'm not sure. I don't know yeah. you. So like, I don't know what yeah. your life is, is happening. You know, what's funny <laughs> is that I don't have any specific time in which somebody said they're fine and they they weren't, but I do have, you know, I was taught that love wasn't unconditional, that it had to be earned. And how can you earn love in silence? Like, how can Mm. you feel safe in silence without somebody saying you're safe explicitly? I'm fine is not enough. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't think that, I mean, I think that I have like been around people who have used fine as a way to like not talk about something, but same here, like if there was stuff we weren't talking about, it was like really bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like it was like, we <laughs> totally. all knew what was happening. We all knew everything was going wrong. And also like, we just weren't talking about it. So like, that is the fear that I have. And I deeply relate to you feeling stuck because like, you know, I also have the same thing where it's like, if somebody, when Peter says to me, I'm tired, I'm like, that could mean so many different things. And I don't We're know how to respond to it. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like, honestly, um, oh and had to God. have, and had like similar, you, co- 
Do you want to tell the story about my misunderstanding on the phone the other day? Sam. <laughs> I used to, I said a sentence badly is what happened. <laughs> and Sierra was asking me if I had talked to Peter about something and I, and I had had the flu. So Peter and yes. I were sleeping in separate spaces. I was like living in the basement so that he wouldn't get sick. Right. And then Sierra was like, did you, do you talk to Peter? And he said, well, Peter and I are separating (laughs) pause heart jumps into my throat because I have the flu. We're sleeping in different bedrooms. And I'm uh, she lost anyway, it. As the words were coming all. out of my mouth, I was like, this is not the way to say this I'm thing. I'm like, that's not the word to use, <laughs> not Sam. The word. Quarantining, I think was probably yeah, the right word. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't want it to be like, we're quarantining, like, you know, like there's like things on the door. A and pandemic? Like, yeah, yeah, right. Like, it's just like, I just, I had the no, flu. That word has been, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Like really okay. triggering. Unrelated, but that was my fear. This That was childhood fear unlocked. My my gay uncles are getting divorced. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine no. me just like not telling you anything about what's happening in oh. my relationship and then suddenly one day being like, yeah, so we're separating <laughs> like 45 minutes into a different conversation. <laughs> Core childhood fear unlocked. Wolves <laughs> and divorce. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway. I don't uh, even remember what I was talking about, but uh, <laughs> I think I was saying that, yes, like I have a similar fear of like people just saying that I'm tired and had to have a conversation with Peter where I was like, you have to give me more than that. And like 75% of the time he doesn't, <laughs> right? He still just yeah. says he's tired. But again, it was like, I had to do the self-work to be like, when he says he's tired, he's tired, right? It is not my job to figure out the subtext of that. It is not my job to fix whatever is going on in his life. And if he wants help from me, he can tell me what's going on, right? And yeah. it took a lot of work for us to get to that point, but that is what happens in our relationship now, right? Mm-hmm. Now I can trust when he says I'm tired, he's just tired. And when he needs something, he will need something. But I had to... Yes. I mean, he had to do some work around that too. I also do too, because I'm also a very much like, <laughs> I'm fine, but <laughs> I'm like really not fine. But like, <gasps> but it took it took work on both of our parts, but I also had to do a lot of work around it. It was not just Peter's yes. problem. It was also my problem. I, I feel really torn because, you know, we, when we learn about communication, we learn about internal processors and external processors and, you know, how some people need to talk things out in order to think or understand or feel resolve and other people don't need that. And all of those things are true. All of those things are applicable to this letter. And also, I think it's, it, it warrants acknowledging that, you know, I don't think your boyfriend has a plethora of thoughts that he's like withholding from you. You know, right. I, I think it, I think now is a, is a perfect time to remember that we all, not only do we all experience reality differently, but we all have thoughts and thought pat- patterns that are different just because you think at a frequency or a complexity or w- an emotional level um, that you do doesn't mean your, your boyfriend does as well. Um, and I, I wonder, you know, a, a huge thing that I would have to do if I was in this circumstance 
is to just first allow myself to imagine what it would feel like if I believed him mm. when he said he was fine. Yep. And I believed that there weren't more thoughts hiding underneath that need to be unearthed. Because I think the big anxiety comes from yeah. the idea that there are things being unsaid or sure. uncommunicated or withheld or, 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 or he's isolating or whatever. But like, what if he's not like, what if there's not anything that you need to unearth for sure? Does that resolve some of this incompatibility? For me, I'm not sure. Like, like I said at the beginning of this, I don't know. I think this would be a, a core incompatibility in in my relationship, in my style. But y'all listen to me talk twice a week, so <laughs> you know that I fucking have to talk and and be talked to in order to feel like a human. That's very and true. That's why we started this is... podcast because we both had to do that with each other for so many years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we're getting paid. Um, so. <laughs> I, but I think that it's, it has always been very healing and empowering for me to remember that just because I'm operating under one, you know, system or, or thought pattern doesn't mean the person next to me that is in the same relationship with me is thinking in the same way or, or just because when I'm quiet and I say, I'm fine, I really mean I'm pissed and I want to talk to you and you should have bought me flowers, <laughs> doesn't mean his <laughs> fine means the same thing. And yep. I think it's like, it's kind of like the opposite of the 30%, 100%, you know, analogy that we use where we say like, oh, he's just giving me 30% of himself. Oh no, it's not the opposite. It's exactly the same. <laughs> I was going to make a play on it, but it's just the same. When people are saying like, oh, you know, he's just giving me 30% of himself and I just wish he would give me 100% of himself. Like, what if this is the full 100%? Like, what if right. there are no secret thoughts hiding behind there? Does that yep. resolve the anxiety for you? Or are you like, actually, you know what? I want to be with somebody who who shares more of their internal dialogue with me. Or, and both or, those things no, are okay. No, change, you know what I mean? Change the phrase. <laughs> it's, I want to be with somebody who has more of an internal dialogue. There we go. Yes. That's it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And that's an okay thing to want, right? Like I, uh, I'm somebody who does need somebody who can process through things with me, who's like, okay with me talking through things. And also is like able to reflect that back to me. It makes me feel connected to them. It makes me feel like I'm being seen in different ways, but that doesn't necessarily need to happen for everyone, right? We can decide, right? Like it's okay to be with somebody who doesn't have a lot of inner dialogue, right? Like, and like, I'm jealous of those people because like that feels like it would oh my be God. much easier. Sometimes I'm just sitting alone with myself and I'm like, shut the fuck up in silence Honestly, to myself. Oh my God, a hundred percent. When I'm like lying in bed and just like thinking about things and I'm like, why are we doing this? I don't understand. Just do this Sudoku in silence, you fucking witch. Anyway, uh, it's Self Love Monday, folks. Yeah. All this to say that it is not your job to sort of suss out some sort of unspoken danger in your relationship, right? It isn't, mm. that's not it. That is not your job. That's not what will protect you. Absolutely. It's not going to protect you. Right. And I know that that's what it feels like, right? He, he might be mad at me. He might be like so upset about this thing and he's just not telling me, right? It's not your job to figure that out and how to do that. 
And at the same time, it is your job to understand your own reactions to what other people are doing, especially if the things that they're doing are like kind of innocuous, right? Are kind of just like a reflection of their own understanding of the world. So what about this is is triggering for you? What about this is bringing things up? And it's not your partner's job to behave in perfect ways to make you never feel triggered. It is your job to acknowledge that the triggers are happening and figure out how you're going to deal with them when they inevitably happen, when they inevitably come up. Yeah. And Sam said that all perfectly. And if you want somebody who communicates more, who has more external thoughts. That is absolutely an okay reason to say this love is very good, but I know that there's a better love out there for me. For sure. Absolutely. All right, my darling, we hope that this helps. Thank I hope you so we much spilled for some of our infinite wisdom on you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which is uh, mostly just us talking like the internal dialogue, just like external. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Somebody really sweet on Instagram posted. I hope they hear this because I don't remember their username. Um, Somebody on Instagram was like, I'm so grateful for Just Break Up. Uh, They have, (laughs) I don't have any original thoughts anymore. It's just theirs. (laughs) And I wanted to be like, I don't have any either. (laughs) I just regurgitate things that Sam says back to him, but more poorly. There we go. Um, (laughs) Anyway. my darling, I hope that this helps and I hope it gives you some resolve in this uh, pickle that you are in. Thank you so much for writing and for trusting us with this letter. Absolutely. We love you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you want more content from us, you can support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. You'll get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. That's right. And you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvide Media, original music, editing, producing, all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. And remember, everybody understands and processes through the world differently. Just because you experience a certain type of thought in a certain type of way doesn't mean your partner is experiencing this as well. All we can do is take our own understanding plus compassion and empathy and bring that to the table and see what we can make work with one another. And if all else fails, just break up.